0: Well, hey there, everyone! Welcome back to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom McCarthy. So happy to be with you. It is Brent Terhune week here at the castle. He'll be our headliner this weekend, and he is our guest on this week's installment of the Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast. Brent is an awesome, awesome comic. You'll hear in our discussion. I pay, I, I I pay him the highest compliment a comic can be given. He is a comics comic, incredible joke writer, awesome delivery. Real nice guy, and we sure are looking forward to having him here at the castle. Before I bring up this week's interview with Brent, let's talk a little bit about what's going on here at the castle. The week of June 27th, it is a busy one as ever. Tuesday, the 28th of June, 7.30 p.m., is another installment of our Detroit to L.A. comedy competition. We talk about it all the time here on the show. An incredible opportunity to see up-and-coming comics from the southeast michigan scene and beyond vying for cash prizes stage time out in los angeles this competition contest has been running for years and years here at the castle and other venues and i sure hope you check it out if you haven't wednesday the 29th 7 30 p.m is our world famous open mic night yours truly will be there doing a set forever working out new material at least it seems forever here's what happens ladies and gentlemen for comics listening to the show, they, they they can relate. But finally, my process is I finally have some premises that I love. It has taken forever to chisel out uh, the material and the bit from the premise I have, punch it up with the proper number of jokes per minute, etc., etc. And then you go out and you run it on stage <laughs> and it falls flat, or eats shit, you lose confidence in it, and then you go back to the old standards. I don't think that's going to happen this time, but who knows. At any rate, I'm looking forward to being out there tomorrow night saying hi. Come up and say hi if you do come to the show. And again, that is 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday the 29th. Then, of course, this weekend, somewhat of a holiday weekend. Well, gosh, it is a holiday weekend. The, The weekend preceding the 4th of July holiday, it is Brent Terhune weekend, Thursday the 30th through Saturday the 2nd. And I'm going to confirm right here, I believe because of the holiday, it is a three-show weekend. Uh, We will not be having a late show on Saturday the 2nd, so make sure. You're going to want to come out and see Brent. The opportunities are going to be 7.30 p.m. on Thursday the 30th, 7.15 p.m. on Friday the 1st, and 7 p.m. on Saturday the 2nd. And if you're not already a Brent Terhune fan, I think you are going to be after you hear our conversation and most importantly, download some of his stuff. If you want to start, oh, you know what? I have to back up, as always. got to mention, if you want tickets, make sure to call The Castle at 248-542-9900. Better yet, go to the website. I used it myself a couple weeks ago. Uh, Boy, is it easy. Go to the ComedyCastle.com, get your tickets right there. And if you just can't quite figure it out, Go ahead and call the castle at 248-542-9900. Always there to help you answer any questions you might have and get you some tickets to our wonderful upcoming shows. Okay, I digress. Back to Brent. Um, I would start with, if you're not familiar with his work, uh, you can check out Crooked Ginger. It is his dry bar special, which I think is just from the last year fantastic dry bar special you know if you listen to the show i'm a huge fan of the dry bars and his is one of the better ones i've seen you can also the audio component to crooked ginger is available on uh, itunes and apple music that's where i found mine and he has two outstanding albums out 2020 was welcome to bluff creek you're going to hear some of that material on crooked ginger as well and if you go back to 2015 he's got another solid output with Mr. Turkey. And again, you can get those on all streaming services. Easy peasy. And I do recommend, since I spoke to Brent, I've listened now to two episodes of his awesome podcast. It's called Field Trip with Brent Turhune, And he covers, uh, it's a little bit different each and every week. Uh, the particular episode, uh, episodes I listened to focused around uh, discussions about movies and great opening scenes from movies uh, highly entertaining and I badgered him into producing a new one he hasn't put out a new one in a couple months so maybe you can badger him too and we'll get him to do it so I think that's enough of a setup sit back and enjoy my conversation with Brent Terhoor and everyone Hey, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line is our headliner this weekend, Mr. Brent Tierhune. Thanks for doing this, Brent. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you. And you know, this is three out of the last four guests we've had here on the Comedy Castle podcast that at, at, at first glance, you have a pretty simple name to pronounce. <laughs> and I found myself running through it five or six times before uh, before I called you because I, I, I wanted to nail it. Do you do you find that it gets mispronounced quite a bit?
1: Yeah, even my own family. Like I've just settled on Brent Terhune, but even my own family's like Terhune. I've heard some Tarhunes, even those are not even an A in there. But I just picked one and stuck with it. You know.
0: Well, I was wondering too. You're, um, are you Indianapolis based? You're a Midwesterner, correct? Yeah, I'm from Indianapolis. Okay, so right now, as a crow flies, you're probably 275 miles south of where I, where I'm at, but the the dialect between southeast Michigan and central Indiana is totally different. You know, I've been to Indy yeah, man. many times. And it's a little bit different accent.
1: And it's it's weird because, like, uh, you know, I'm from Indy, but I'll go south and people be, will be like, you sound like you're from the north. But then if I go north, people will say, you sound like you're from the south. Um, <laughs> and even my wife, who is from an hour and a half north of Indianapolis, sounds more southern than I do.
0: No, oh, that's crazy. I uh yeah. it it's it. She'll it's... hit
1: you with those uh, brown and clown those owns sounds, <laughs> and she doesn't hear it. But I'll, as soon as I hear it, I mimic it back to her.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never thought. You know, I, I spent some time out on the West Coast. I lived lived out there for three years, and it never occurred to me that I had a Midwest accent. You know, when I got out there, and you know how California natives or West Coast people kind of really draw out the vowels, dude. You know that type mm-hmm. of thing, and they made fun of my nasally. Midwestern accent, and uh I do hear it when I listen to myself on tape, which is painful enough. You know, when I do listen to it, I get a, I get a little bit nasally. I'm trying to get more of a baritone as I do these podcasts.
1: Yeah, it's so weird. Nobody, you know, I think for the most part, nobody likes to hear their own voice because they'll hear it and be like, "Oh my God, is that how I sound?" You know. <laughs> and and that... then it's, when you have that accent, and you don't, you don't. It's just this is how I talk, you know, and. You think that's how you talk, but then other people hear it and they're like, Oh, you're different. You're not from here.
0: Oh, and, and and for comics too, it's a rite of passage when when your buddies first start shooting video and audio of your sets, and not only do you have to listen to yourself, you gotta look at your dumb self. <laughs> I'm like, Do I look and sound like that? Is that really how it goes? Or is it just yeah, a bad I'm, camera? I'm just
1: a big idiot apparently to myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, as I mentioned, I've uh, I've been looking forward to speaking to you because you're a guy. I'm, I'm going to start off with one of the greatest compliments that a comic can pay another comic. But in the circles I run in, in, in the Detroit scene, you're one of the guys that is known as a comics comic, um, and that 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 takes on a couple of different different definitions depending on who's paying the compliment. But to me, you're you're professional. You're 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 a killer joke writer. I just love your stuff. It's super punchy, and you also have a reputation of being a pretty solid guy. So those things collectively, in my mind. Uh, make you a comics comic. Um, with that being said, we've not bumped into each other, have never worked with you. Give me some background on how long you've been doing and how you got into comedy.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for the compliments, first off. And then uh, I, I I live in Indianapolis. I'm from Indianapolis. And that's where I started um, when I was 16. Uh, I started doing stand-up in high school, at my high school. Um and I, they, they would have things called coffee houses, so people would do poetry and acoustic guitar. And I just went up and did stand-up when I was a sophomore. Um, and then that expanded to, like, uh, hosting Battle of the Bands and being in a talent show. There was an improv troupe in school that they just called Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> there was no, no creativity uh, with it. Uh, but then the, I would open up for those guys um, and I remember one of my first just significant bombs was I, I, I wasn't going up anywhere. So every time I went up, I felt like I had to do new stuff from the last time you saw me. Um, and just, I just remember bombing so bad that I didn't even hang out to watch the <laughs> improv. I was like, I gotta get out of here.
0: Isn't that funny that every comic you speak to, they don't realize that it's okay. To just keep working on the same five minutes when you get started. I remember used to feeling that. Oh, I can't say these jokes. They heard these same people heard them last week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one. Do you have like a need to? When you first start out, you're like, oh, I got to get 20 minutes, or I got to get 15 minutes, or whatever. And then it's like, man, let's just let's let's work on a layup before we get some free throws and three pointers in there. You know.
0: Were you, were you what would be called a, a class clown? Um, were you, were you, were you naturally funny or is it something that, that developed over time?
1: I, I think it's developed over time, but I was also, I think I was naturally funny, but I was never like the guy that would like get in trouble for making jokes and I never was a guy that would like pull a chair out from under somebody while they were sitting down, but like, <laughs> Uh, if if I was like answering a question or something, I could make it funny, and it would be appropriate. And then then class would just resume as normal. I never got in trouble for being funny, but I was also I knew time and place of when to be funny.
0: Well, I was also curious, and I always always have to ask this when I don't know someone real well because we take creative license in some of our material. But you've got a you've got a terrific dry bar special out right now called Crooked Ginger, and in it you talk about uh. Having scoliosis as a child—is that just a showbiz made-up thing, or or is that actually uh, something that you dealt with as a kid?
1: That's I I still have it. I, I you know I don't think that goes away unless you have the surgery or whatever. But I remember being pulled in, in the gym class, and I I think it's pretty much what what the bit is is how it happened is getting pulled into PE class and being like, take your shirt off and bend over, <laughs> and it was like, in hindsight, you're like, that's the craziest thing to hear from an adult, you know, and I talk about, uh, having red hair and that was like some of my first jokes or attempted jokes when I did stand up was I always read and heard you acknowledge how you look, you know, because that's the first thing and everybody sees about you anyway. So some of those, it's so weird how like I could write new redhead jokes, even though that was like a first premise I had, it's it's not going away anytime soon, you know?
0: Well, it's it's funny, too, that I never – sometimes something is so simple that when it hits you in the face, you can't believe that it never occurred to you. But you make a great point uh, in the special, in the dry bar special, that – the way redheaded women are looked at in society versus redheaded men, it's two entirely different things. And I guess I'm guilty of that. You know, I, I find a redheaded woman kind of exotic and, oh my gosh, look at that redheaded lady. And when you see a, especially this time of year in the Midwest where we're baking in the sun, I've got a good friend who's light skin and and a ginger and I just feel bad for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, We, we feel the pain. Sure. And, And as a guy, it's like, Either you're just porcelain white, which uh, I think I've tanned a little bit, which is just I burn and then it burn goes down. But Or you're just like you're a dude that you pulled your shirt up and you could see where you, you were wearing a shirt while you
0: got a sunburn, you know? <laughs> well, I think, too, the the broader connection I was trying to make, too, is that there, there are so many comics who um, I won't necessarily go so far as saying bullying, uh, but – they stuck out, whether you know, mostly physically, or they sp- uh, they came from a different background than the kids they went to school with. In my case, I was a fat kid. I was I was a real fat kid way before it was cool to be a fat kid. And then you I don't know, know grew- that it's
1: so cool. Yeah, well, like, a I, grew- fat
0: kid. <laughs> I grew out of it. <laughs> you as own a- it, you
1: know.
0: Well, it's. Now, when you look at the demographics, um, I'm, I think I'm a few years older than you. But when I was in elementary school in the 80s, I literally was the only fat kid in, in, in my class. Now, unfortunately, you know, you, there's a lot of kids who who are heavy now. My wife's a teacher. And when I look at the picture of the first grade, it's like, oh, my gosh, these, these poor kids, what are they eating? I know that's very judgmental, mm-hmm. but I think I developed a callous and my sense of humor as a self-defense mechanism from people making fun of me.
1: Yeah, man, if you, if if, whether it's weight or how you look or any, if you're a, you know, a black kid in a white school or any, anything that's different, like you make that joke before anybody else does. So you can take the power away from people, you know, because you know it's coming. So if I can, if I can already crack on myself, then people at least think you're funny and fun to have around, you know?
0: Oh, abs- absolutely. I think, uh, well, you've done very well with it, too. I, I, I don't think I'd want to be in one of your audiences and, and, and even try and get into a, a battle of wits or, um, or, or, God forbid, heckling. Because just from your material, you just seem so quick and so prepared with the next line. Um, are you one of the comics who, and I can't tell it from your material in the Dry Bar special, uh, and they may have edited stuff out, but do you do much crowd work? Do you do uh, much interaction?
1: I, I tend to not because I usually I have a goal in mind of let me say these jokes and see if they're funny. But I have like had moments of crowd work and sometimes it really like if I'm if I'm in the zone in the moment, it's like it's like I don't know if you've had thing where you say something so funny in the moment. Then you go back into the material and whatever you prepared <laughs> is not as funny as you can't top yourself in a, in a crowd work situation. And then sometimes I'm like, man, I got. I got nothing, but it's also maybe I'm like, I I prepared some statements. Let me say these, you know, but sometimes you got no choice than to talk to somebody because they won't stop talking.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, as the years go by and experiences, you've been in kind of the different scenarios that. Uh, a a particular like a late show scenario that's going to throw something. You know, you might have a drunk bachelorette party, or, or a real loud check drop, or something that you you can kind of deal with and, and go back to. But I've always liked the, kind of the control factor when you're up there on stage. I'm in control. I don't want it to deviate too much from the stuff I've worked my ass on to get out to people. But the people who do. I, I admire so much. I don't know if you've ever worked with Ian Bag or, or have, have seen him recently. Yeah. We, we had him on the show in the winter time and I did a set with him. Oh my God. Talk about crowd work.
1: Yeah. That guy can just go up with, with and literally say nothing prepared and just talk the whole time. And that, what a skill that is, or if you've like seen a Jimmy Pardo.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like,
1: who can just talk to people. And then it's, it's more than, Oh, who, what's your name? What do you do? It's, and then you're doing callbacks to somebody that was on the left side of the room and you do the call back to the person on the right side of the room. Like if, if you can tie it together and make it a show, like that's something that you can't recreate. It's like, you got to be at that show. Otherwise you're not going to get that show again.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I was curious, the, the indie tie in, I know you've got some credits on the, uh, on the Bob and Tom show, correct? Yeah. Um, on, on the show as a guest host, or did you also do some writing for him?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been on the the show as a guest uh, a few times, and then I was an intern in in college. Uh, I went to school for radio, um, and I I had a friend Jeff Oske, who's another great comic. Uh, I knew at the time he was writing for the show, like you know, uh, sending in jokes and stuff. So I that was my goal for that internship was let me let me leave. You know, after these four months, I want to work for these guys. And, uh, at the, at the end of it, Tom was like, I think we're just going to keep you as a contributing writer. And I've been doing that for like 11 years. And it's like one of those, it's consistent gig that I can take anywhere on the road. And I feel like it's made me such a stronger writer because it's like, if if I don't feel like writing, it's time to write. So you're (laughs) like working a muscle every single day.
0: It's it's such an amazing, and a lot of our listeners here, if if, if they're local to the Detroit area, uh, the Bob and Tom Show has been syndicated kind of in, in, in um, fits and spurts or starts and stops in this area. Uh, it hasn't been on in, in some time, but it's such an incredible show, and it's so comic-friendly, too. They're one of the few, in my opinion, one of the few radio shows that incorporates um, – uh not even name comics they give people a chance i've had friends who are on that show who was their first legitimate credit they're so comic friendly and it's a hilarious show uh it's been now now get my memory straight one of the two is no longer with the show he kind of retired but the show goes on was it bob or tom
1: it was bob okay. and uh yeah he uh, i know that at the time he retired may, maybe they've been doing it 30 years or i think it's almost 40 years now mm, um and I've been you know around the show for eleven, which feels forever, so I can't imagine doing it that long, but yeah, he and I he'll still pop in every once in a while, but Tom Tom is the the other guy, and then there's Christy uh, and Chick, mm-hmm. who are the, kind of the core people, and they've since added a comic named Josh Arnold, um, who's a, a regular on the show well uh, as well uh, every day. but Tom is I feel like I, I know Tom, but I don't know him that well, but I feel like that guy just has to work. That is his personality.
0: Oh and yeah, like I mean financially. Him, I was gonna go say ahead. financially, he's got to be set for many lifetimes with how well that show's done.
1: I would think so, and and it's, I don't, I couldn't tell you how many markets they're in. Uh, they're on. You can look on the website, but like, yeah, that that dude doesn't need the money. He is just doing it for the love of of entertainment and broadcasting and and just. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like that's. You know, you, sharks just swim, and Tom just does radio, you
0: know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mentioned when we uh, did our little pre-conversation in, in my show prep, one of the things I did is you've got a really cool uh, podcast uh, called uh, Field Trip with Brent Tierhoon, and it's kind of a cool con And by the way, you've got to spit a new one out soon.
1: <laughs> got- I know. People have been like, where's the new field trip? I'm like, man, I'm busy. I know. So, it's well- Something has to give, and, and I do love – that show, I know. I think you were about to touch on it, but it's like it's topic based, so every episode is is different. So if you're not into what we're talking about that one, there's a different one, and I've recorded uh, them in hopes that you could listen to it today or three years from now, and it's as relevant, you know. Well, so I know the one you you listened to was like uh, the best opening scene to movies, I think.
0: Right, and you know what's this is a brief sidebar that some of our listeners hopefully find interesting, but. Your buddy, I, I'm not familiar with him, but your your co-host on this particular particular episode was a guy by the name of Gavin Eddings, and Gavin Eddings is an audio separated at birth with Tom Papa. I, I thought you were speaking. I thought you had the comic Tom Papa on the show of uh, with with a with a with a pseudonym, you know, so nobody would know he's talking to you. And you
1: know what? It might be Tom Papa. <laughs> hey. it's, it's not. It's Gavin. But uh, he's a good friend of mine too, and he's a comic. But. Uh, yeah, him and I have clicked. He's been on the episode on the show so much. We're actually doing a separate, just strictly horror movie show that we're working on right now. Well, um, I, you know, I mean, it'll I'm be a huge. They're coming to get you. So,
0: well, I'm a huge movie movie geek, and uh, was well, been a pastime of mine for years and years. And you know the the, the episode topic was you know opening scenes and. You guys were mentioning in a few that was, oh, yes, that one. Oh, my gosh, and that one. I mean, probably, for, I'm such a Godfather fan that anything movie related, I always rate anything Godfather as one of my favorite, the opening scene in one and two. Uh, but the opening scene in um, uh, Saving Pri- Private Ryan, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's one where I, in my prep for that first episode, I pulled it up on YouTube, and I was like, oh, man, this is like 25 minutes. So I did. We we ended up covering that extensively on the second episode, but what a like that's a mini movie. You could just end right. it at the end of that scene, and I'd be like, "This was a great
0: movie," <laughs> you know. Well, and then some. I think you mentioned Forrest Gump, a movie that I love and I've seen so many times, but I don't recall. I recall so many scenes from that movie, but I don't recall the opening. Was it was it Sally Field as as Forrest's mom with the, you know, sleeping with the 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 headmaster at school to get Forrest graduated or something? I don't recall it.
1: I do, and now that you say that, I it must it must have been one of the best, but not as memorable. Maybe that feather comes floating in. Okay. And, uh, he's at the park bench, I think.
0: Oh, it starts There's, and ends on the park bench. Yeah, he's, he's he tells a stranger his story.
1: Yeah, and it that's that's like the the device throughout the whole movie is you cut back to him telling these stories. He's just if if it wasn't a movie, you would think this guy was crazy on this, you know. <laughs>
0: Hey, can I, do an, uh, can I do an audio or a verbal suggestion box for an for a yeah. episode? Yeah. Um, talk with Gavin about actors who were up for iconic roles and passed or didn't take it. So, for instance, I think, I think Harrison Ford was originally offered the role of Forrest Gump. He either turned it down. I mean, that's a fascinating when you see people like, can you think of anyone other than Harrison Ford as Han Solo or, you know, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone is Rocky, but almost all of these roles were offered to other people and they pass on them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those where some of these roles, it's just like now you don't even refer to the character as the character's name. You just say, you know, when Harrison Ford was flying the Millennium, <laughs> you're like, it's, it's You could just say that and people know what you're talking about. You know, that is a great topic. I'm always looking for new topics anyway.
0: Yeah, I also, I I can guarantee you this too. Uh, I'm going to be in the car tomorrow for about an hour and a half and I'm going to listen to the Shane Moss episode in its entirety. I've I've opened for Shane a few times. I've had him on this show. What a fascinating guy.
1: He is because he had that. I don't know if you saw him early, but like he had like that Richard Fryer, George Carlin epiphany from where he switched from like just doing straight jokes then he did like it was like science-based type jokes where it's like who who does that who just does yeah. science educational jokes that makes it funny
0: you know oh yeah and you know got really kind of deep into psychedelics and in a deep dive on that but fascinating uh, you know it he, he's always fascinating listening I, yeah I've worked with him about eighteen months apart both times at the Comedy Castle and it was through that transition if you remember he had the horrible uh, gosh wouldn't he break both of his legs real severely. Um, he
1: fell down a mountain, I think. Yeah, I said, where, it, like he literally broke both his legs.
0: Yeah, and I think that was part of the epiphany uh, process. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you. I've been uh, I've been asking as many people as I can now, as we're. Uh, it, it's obviously premature to say that we're through this pandemic. We're going to be dealing with it for years, but. In my little corner of the world, slowly but surely, life is feeling the most normal it has in two and a half years. And that, for me, includes comedy and doing shows. Now that you're back out on the road, I know you were just in Louisville this past weekend. Are you finding it much different than it ever was? Is is it it a different landscape that you feel that you're approaching with with your act and your comedy? Or are, are just people happy to be out and having a good time?
1: I think uh, the base level, everybody's out and looking to have a good time, but there, there's, I don't know how you feel, but like the past four years, six years or whatever, like there's so much more tension. Yes. And it, it's come and gone, but like when I went on stage Friday night in Louisville, it was the, the news that day was Roe v. Wade was just repealed. Oh yeah. And it was just like in the air, you know, and, and it, it, for some people, it might not be in the air if you're pro that, but it's it's one of those where I feel like there's a new thing happening like every three days, and for a while it was every day, but then now I think it's slowed down, but it's still like something will happen, and then you're just like, can we just have like a normal week of <laughs> boring? You know?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, and I and uh, I give credit to I mean, there's still some great, great comics even some people who are lesser known that that take on social issues uh, in, in our foot. First of all, it's got to be funny. If you're going to tackle a political issue, a social issue, whatever you're going to tackle, it's got to be funny. Um, and I just think it takes an extra level of bravery for me. If I felt I had an interesting take politically or, or on a social issue, I certainly would say it, but it's just not where my mind goes. When I'm thinking of comedy, I'm more of a goofy, storyteller the randomness of life that's kind of where i want to go from the stuff i've listened to yours sound pretty neutral i didn't hear any red state blue state stuff in that it's just people having a good time
1: it, it is that weird duality i don't know if you if you like have seen any of the videos i've done on twitter or anything but like i i developed a character who is i guess i'd call an alpha male and that's what i have named him as alpha male but like it's the guy that rants in his truck and it's, it's like my numbers during the pandemic and lockout shot up on social media because of those characters. And it is like a, uh, it's a reaction to current events, but then also like the duality of I have that character and that people know who I am. It's because of that guy, mm-hmm. but then my stand up forever has been not non political and just more about me. And, and I guess I've called it evergreen. Um, and it's weird cause people will come out because of those videos. So I've started to do that character in my show, but it's, it's also, I'm a firm believer that any kind of, uh, entertainment is almost, uh, for me an escape. Like I, I watch a movie because I don't want to think about what's on the news, you know? Oh gosh.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> You're, so I just glanced at your Twitter feed too. You've got, this is, this is probably my best laugh of the day. And I thank you for that. You're, uh, tweet from a few days ago says now that jewels are banned i guess i can confess i've been vaping a flash drive this whole time just to look cool (laughs) (laughs) very well done sir (laughs) touche
1: yeah that's weird like uh, and i'm more interested in let's be silly and let's have fun like that's the kind of comedy i love is and and sometimes you like I, i would be like i don't know why this is funny whether it's a bit of my own or somebody else's but it's funny to me and that's the kind of stuff that I love is just funny for funny's sake.
0: Yeah, you you know I, I, it's funny. The last few weeks in the show, I think I've done this more than I ever have. Um, you know, with the guests, we we get the top comics in America every week here at the Comedy Castle, and we're very grateful for that. and I get to talk to them, so I'm, I'm a lot of times reluctant to say, "Oh, you remind me of this," but the Crooked Ginger remind. If if Chris Porter did a PG or PG thirteen <laughs> dry bar, it would sound a lot like you're just a really great, smart joke writer and your cadence is just pow 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 and i really i really appreciate that and envy it i'm more of a pow 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 guy (laughs) that's my cadence either
1: way like some people have that where like they can bring you in and they don't like if you look at early george prowling versus late i think even one of his, his autobiographies like you know i don't need the the joke boom 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 sometimes if You know, if you're not funny, uh, I'm, I at least hope you're interesting, and I'm not talking about you, but I'm like,
0: oh, sometimes
1: a comic doesn't need to be boom, 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 and maybe I need to be boom, 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 because I'm not interested in something like that, but... Uh, C- Chris Porter is one of my. Uh, he's one of my favorite comics. So yeah. thank you for
0: that. He's absolutely. You know. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you too. Um, uh, obviously, dry bar by definition are are, are clean sets. Um, do you work clean all the time, or if people come out to see you, is it is it what what are they going to expect?
1: I mean, I I I don't intentionally write clean, but uh, I like I don't usually have the F word in my act, and I'm no prude. I say it all the time. Yeah, but it's just the way that like when I first started, you know, the people around me were like, you can write clean, you can always add in dirty later, but it's hard to take out dirty oh. and make it just as funny, you know?
0: absolutely absolutely. I've uh and I, I look at, you know, I'm going through the process I mentioned, you know, the album I recorded last year, uh going through the submission process of trying to get it played, trying to get it on, on serious. And just out of lack of discipline and and, and brain farts, for lack of a better word, I leave a swear word in a bit that doesn't require it at all. Sometimes, depending Mm -hmm. on the bit or my story, I punch it up with the right word. But I would say 70% of my my material doesn't need any swears in it. And unfortunately, lack of discipline, I put them in there and it makes it more difficult to get my stuff played. Well,
1: but sometimes it's like that's how you talk, you know, some people that... like it, we we all know people, and I think for the most part, if you're around people, and you know. I swear, like, but if mm. I'm if I'm talking to a stranger, I'm not just swearing all the time. But it's also like sometimes, if if like you compare comedy to painting, sometimes blue is the right color. Yeah. Some sometimes there's no better word or tool than the tool that is required.
0: Well, I think I think that's a great yoda-like statement to end on i really enjoyed not only speaking to you today but i really enjoyed doing a brent tierhoon deep dive the last couple days i'm going to continue it uh tomorrow again listen to another episode of field trip with brent tierhoon and i hope things work out this week i know it's a holiday weekend it's a little bit crazy but uh, i'm going to try and get up to the club on friday and say hello and uh if not and i hope our paths cross here in the near future
1: yeah man it's good talking to you hopefully i see you this weekend. Hopefully, I see everybody out at the, the Comedy Castle. I think we're doing Thursday to Saturday. So, yep. uh, tickets on their website. I think it's comedycastle.com.
0: Yep. We'll direct everyone there. And thanks again so much for your time, Brent. This was a lot of fun.
1: Thanks, man. Good talking to you.
0: Yep. Bye-bye. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed talking to Brent. I'm going to try and make it out to one of the shows this weekend. It is a crazy, crazy holiday weekend for me as well. But I'd love to get out and say hi, see one of these shows. If not, Sure, I'll catch up with him on the road at some point in time. Next week, it is Craig Robinson week here at the Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. No, know Craig's got a ton of fans all over the world, in the Detroit area in particular. Those tickets will go fast. We're doing our very best to line up an interview with Craig. I'm going to be on vacation, so we've got we've got a little bit of a limited window to get him on the phone, and hopefully we can do it. Regardless, make sure if you are interested in the Craig Robinson shows that you get your tickets early by calling the Castle at 248 542 and going to the website at comedycastle.com. Okay, that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the program. Continue to spread the word, like it, leave a comment, subscribe, do all those wonderful things. Send out a thank you, as always, to our producer, Joel Fregimeni. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for making the show sound so great. Until next time, have a safe and happy holiday weekend. This is Tom McCarthy for Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast.